Welcome to The Virtual Shift, a show looking at the seismic changes happening in healthcare with virtual care at the epicenter. Join me and my guests as we look at key cultural and policy shifts impacting how providers, payers, and patients connect, as well as how care is being reimagined both for today and the future. Hello, and thanks for tuning in today. I'm your host, Tom Foley. You can learn more about this show by visiting the program on healthcarenowradio.com, and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, at FoleyTom, and the hashtag, The Virtual Shift. We have a very special guest on today, Jeff Fallon, who is the chairman and CEO of Avidion. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hey, Tom. Thanks so much for having me today. Awesome. Jeff, you have been involved with Avidion for uh, quite a while, and they are doing some very interesting things to change the experience of the patient as part of the uh, admissions process in, in, in room experience and post-discharge. Can you uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, Evidion and your differentiated model? Yeah, happy to, Tom. So we uh, have a software platform that uses some hardware inside the hospital as well. And the, and the platform is called Vibe Health. The company is Evidion, as you say, and Vibe Health is the platform. And underneath the Vibe Health platform are a bunch of different electronic solutions that hospitals are using to really transform and modernize the experience of being a patient in a hospital bed, the experience for nurses who care for patients in hospital beds, and also for the folks that come and go, whether they're ancillary staff or just visitors. And so what we do is um, use this TV on the wall of a patient room. We make it a smart TV, and we connect that to the hospital electronic medical record so that the TV knows everything about the patient. And it personalizes and inter interface for every patient demographically. So it can be a kind of a cartoon interface if it's a child, you know, if it's an adult, it has a, a more of a kind of a Netflix-like interface. But the most important personalization is for the clinical circumstances that has that patient in a hospital bed to begin with. So there's a short series of videos that are personally prescribed for every individual based upon what the EMR says is happening for that patient. So if they're on hydrochlorothiazide, there's a short video that they're prompted to view on this diuretic medication. So they just better understand the medication that they're taking, the procedures that they're going through, the med uh, medical devices that are being used on them, the discharge plans, et cetera. So it's about using asynchronously delivered short videos automatically prescribed based upon the EMR information, saving the nurse from having to do the education face-to-face -face and using adult learning principles to do this um, you know, asynchronously as well. There's a bunch of other things we're doing to modernize that experience in the room, like digital whiteboards, digital door sign outside that patient room. But the primary idea here is we're, we're really on a mission to modernize what it is to be a patient in a hospital room and uh, improve the efficiency for the care team that cares for those people as well. Very interesting. You know, uh, I love it because the you know, it's no longer laying in bed waiting for the doctor or the nurse to come in to, you know, do whatever they need to do. And in my view, the key to wellness is education uh, on many different fronts. So the patient has the opportunity to learn a little bit more about uh, their what's going on because they have access to these tools just as much as the clinician does. But at the same time, these tools actually help educate the patient better, or I would say better but enhances the education from the patient uh, of the patient as to what's going on from day one. Is that, is that a fair yeah. summary? 
Yeah, that's a fair fair statement. Um, and you know, look, it's the the patient experience transformation is often what begins the conversation for us. But the reason that hospitals are really investing in this now, as much and as important as that is, um, there's such a critical issue of nurse staffing and the cost of for nursing sure. and the, the priority get to get your nursing organization out of the business of you know bringing uh, a blanket to the room or ice chips. And it's not as if that stuff isn't important. It is incredibly important. And But what we're doing is automating the messaging of that need from the patient via this interface to a non-clinical staff to take care of that non-clinical need. So enabling the nurse to have more time to do higher clinical intensity care and to actually do more care and less non-clinical kind of stuff. So it's really about nursing efficiency, not to mention quality. So we're replacing the dry erase board called a whiteboard on, you know, on a hospital wall that is often uh, incomplete and certainly out of date because, frankly, once you write it, it's, you know, it's out of date in, in minutes. So we're p- replacing those with another display, another digital display, or we can do it on the same smart TV that I mentioned earlier, incorporating a digital whiteboard into the room that is dense with clinical information that the nurse needs that's updated in real time, like instantaneously from the electronic medical record, so that the nurse has accurate information and a full picture in the room automatically, rather than having to um, pull these workstations or computers on wheels into the room, for example. So that's really about um, wiring information at the right time, at the right place, into the process of care. And that's an obvious lever on quality um, and safety and wiring into um, the care process accuracy of information too, rather than relying on the kind of old way of doing things, which is is manual and paper-based and um, not necessarily very efficient. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, My listeners hear very often uh, about the, the, the challenges in healthcare, right? Older, ager, sicker, growing population, less doctors and nurses. So everything that we, it really, in my view, folks have uh, responded uh, in the past. In my view, it has nothing to do with how do you get the value-based care, if you will, because before COVID, that's what everybody was talking about. How do you allow the clinician uh, across the board to operate at the top of their license and be most effective relative to the delivery of care with uh, and and therefore leverage the staff where they are needed versus to your point with all due respect there are other people that can ha- that can bring the blanket to the bed uh, or the ice chips to the bed and, and and things of that nature right everybody has a role to play let them all play their their role at the top of, of what they do and and what's compelling to me is that you have a technology story if you will but the technology seems to be not the burden, which other, you know, a lot of doctors would say technology don't want it. And, and the people would say patients don't use it, right? That's not, I've never found that to be true. As you know, my background in patient portals 10 years ago, people would say, would say patients won't use it. Da, 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 da. Now you have hospitals charging patients uh, to use their, their patient portal. So it, it must be working. So uh, at the end of the day, it's a great example of how technology can play a very 
positive role in the delivery of care at the setting of where, where that patient is. Yeah, Thoughts? totally agree. Like, well, yeah, the example you gave there of, of doctors saying, like, no more technology, please, and, and nurses as well. I really can't fault them for it. I think the we could all agree that the bulk of the technology that's been thrust upon hospital staffing has been the electronic medical record. And it was quite a lift, not just financially, but you know, implementing it. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a massive effort and a massive funding for an entire country. But I think we can all agree that electronic medical record is is functionally a database. It's not necessarily smart technology. I mean, the smartest thing it, it does is informs a patient portal generally. So what what we're doing, working with hospitals to get more value out of that, I'd call it data plumbing, like an electronic medical record is like data plumbing under the kitchen, kitchen counter. And we're an appliance that sits on top of that counter that uses the, the data that flows through that electronic medical record to, to cause something different in an interface with the patient. So really, I would think of, I would describe what Vibe Health is as a an interface for the hospital room, for the patient and the staff. And if you think about it, the primary interface device in most hospitals today is still a nurse call button. It's 1970s technology nurse call button. The, the high-tech version of the nurse call button is a nurse call button on a pillow speaker that you can use to go up, 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 down, down, down on your yeah. uh, you know TV to change the channel. So this is really about modernizing that. It's um, in many hospitals today, I think you would find folks that are used to using technology like ours, like Vibe Health at the bedside. It's a, not having a platform like this. It would be like, um, it, it would just be as, as odd as not having infusion pumps at the bedside. It's just in this world where we're all carrying these smart devices everywhere and we have instant information that's highly contextual at our fingertips driving our decisions. The idea that it at a point in time when you're maybe in fear for your life, you're certainly uncomfortable, you're a patient in a hospital, you would have so little information available to you about what's going on and why and what's next and who are these people coming and going. It's just unthinkable in this age of technology. And so it's a must have. And, and frankly, you know, Gartner and other researchers have said for quite some time that smart platforms at the bedside like Vibe Health will make obsolete nurse call. I'm not wishing the demise on nurse call. And I know there's, you know, regulatory implications for nurse call. And I'm not, I'm not insinuating that that would go away, but they just feel like uh, functionally the capability of a Vibe Health platform just goes so far beyond the, a mere nurse call button at the bedside okay. that it'll become standard. So I, I would agree with you. I think that the, because of the staff shortages across the board in healthcare, uh, technology. I don't ever see technology uh, replacing staff because the utilization of the staff is still going to be needed because the the volume of patients coming in is that much larger, right? Grower growing aging sicker population, less doctors and nurses. So the more that we can use technology appropriate is is a better thing, and uh, no one should be in fear, in my view, of being displaced because of technology. That said, let's talk a little bit more about Vive Health, right, and and the things that it does. So it's not just about uh, – so at the bedside, it's not just about having a smart TV on the wall, right? You can use that. You, know, you have cameras in the room where you have uh, virtual nurse, uh, nursing programs and things of that nature, right? 
So the doctor doesn't always have to come to the room. He can be on the he or she can be on the other side of the Internet. And so and so can the nurse, hypothetically. And so tell us, talk to us a little bit more about what that capability is about. Yeah, we built something at the beginning of the pandemic um, that we call Hello. It's an app less account less virtual visit, visitation tool used on any modern browser, whether it's on a smartphone, a tablet at the bedside, or a you know, video camera like the one I've got here on my, my um, computer for video calls, so that patients and can visit with families when they don't have um, the ability to use FaceTime. What we saw at the beginning of the pandemic was hospitals were using things like this, Microsoft Teams or Google Meet uh, or Zoom, to solve this problem. And then nurses had to become technical support for these business video calling apps. And we saw that as unsustainable, especially, I mean, under any circumstances, but in a pandemic, it just really was unfair to see these nurses have to do so much um, tech troubleshooting. So we, so we created this thing. So it can be used for patients to have visitors, even now that there's not a pandemic going on. Well, I should, let's, let's say it's gone down significantly, at least in the United States anyway. It continues to be a tool that can be used for virtual visitation. It is also being used as a tool for physicians to see patients in the room and to invite patient family members into that round with that patient as well to kind of span time and, and space using technology, which is a, a pretty cool use for the thing. But as you say, there are many hospitals that are putting these telehealth or tele-ICU or virtual sitter cameras, whether they're point tilt zoom, really sophisticated, expensive, hard mounted cameras in the room or, or more kind of software cameras that are mounted on the TV. These things are coming into the room as well. And, and we're thrilled to be working with a bunch of them. We're live with integrations to Kagility and, and Avisure. And we've actually just launched the um, we're the first ones to build the integration to, to Zoom's really interesting um, Zoom room. And it was featured at Zoomtopia a couple of weeks ago. So while we do this virtual visitation application our, ourselves, we have a very kind of open and inter interoperable strategy as well as technology. We're, we're really not trying to win, win the virtual visitation business. We're just trying to solve a problem for hospitals. And if they choose somebody else's virtual visitation tool like Agility, Avisure, or Zoom, we're really thrilled to support that and bring it into the room and help the hospital not have to acquire more hardware and to be able to use our interface, our platform, as the interface for such a telesitter or tele-ICU or whatever kind of application they want to bring into the room. We're, we're thrilled to be the interface for that and do an integration to it. And that, frankly, is you know pretty core to our strategy. How do you see Vive Health being suited for the hospital at home uh, type of approach, that, that hospital room being moved, distributed uh, environment, if you will. Yeah, it's, I think it's a very logical extension of what we're doing. Delivering this asynchronous, video-centric education that parallels the patient's clinical path and doing so in an automated way so that when you know, um, education is assigned in the electronic medical record, or even so much as a new medication is prescribed and logged in the electronic medical record, it can trigger this specific series of educational videos to be prompted to that patient. There's no reason that can't be done in the in the patient's own home instead of in a in a in the hospital bed itself. Now, the tricky part there is 
the integration to the electronic medical record and the hospital's comfort spanning that distance between their EMR in you know on their network and causing something to happen in the patient's home. But it's absolutely a, a logical extension of what we do, and, and we will. Yeah, I, I I just see that over time, some you know, the, as you know, uh, this market, right, hospital at home is is no news to you. Uh, and uh, being able to extend that 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 patient's room to almost a care anywhere type of model uh, is is just something that uh, it is uh, a growing uh, trend. So I'm excited to see what Viet Health uh, will be doing uh, more so in in that particular market. So what caught my eye and the reason why I reached out was you had some recent recognition uh, by uh, Avivia A V I A Connect top uh, digital health company for 2023. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're we're pretty proud of that recognition. Avia has a great reputation of consulting with hospitals across the United States. And so they had some questions of, of hospitals and they had some questions of us and we're kind of humbled and but pleased and proud of the recognition of being named in, in actually two different categories by Avia. Uh, one, they named us a top patient education company. That's a category I hadn't really heard assigned to what we do before, but I get it. And then you probably do as well, based upon what I've been describing about what we do. Typically, these are called interactive patient systems, but patient education is a, is a core value proposition of what we do. It's certainly one of the one of the ideas that first gets a conversation going with us, but it, typically it's the other things that we're doing with these other smart displays like the digital whiteboard and digital door sign and, and the hello virtual visitation tool as well that sort of differentiates us. But we'll take the recognition. We're really proud of it. The other thing that they recognized us for, they named Vibe Health uh, as one of the top virtual visits um, companies, which was super cool because, as I said, you know, we built Hello for the pandemic. It was really built just to solve something that we saw as a um, an important need and a problem that our our clients were facing. We really didn't build it to be like a globally competitive standalone virtual visitation kind of a tool, but to be recognized. Um, Side by side with some really tremendous solutions for virtual visitation is just we're we're truly honored and humbled and and, and proud to be um, mentioned in the same breath with those guys. Well, it it goes to you know you and I have known each other for a long time, uh, and uh, Vidion has always been a thought leader in the space, uh, an innovator in the space. So from an outsider looking in, it doesn't surprise me, frankly, but uh, I just think that these are some great recognitions. And I do want to touch on your your point because I have been advocating that point for a long time. And that is that education is the key to moving the patient from awareness to wellness. If you don't have it, it, it will never happen. And without patient engagement, you can have the best technology uh, but if they're not going to use it, uh, they uh, they won't engage and they won't move uh, along that continuum. And that is ultimately the key that we see uh, in providing things like remote patient monitoring and chronic care management in a virtual setting, right? So it has to be compelling. If it's compelling, the patients are going to grab it. It's like the jobs uh, once said, uh, you know, consumers don't know what they want until they see it, Right. And uh, and I think uh, they like. I always say, Mikey likes it uh, <laughs> uh, relative to uh, 
video engagement because the pandemic taught us a lot that patients will use technology, one, and two, they like that virtual experience. And and the and the care team likes it as well. The providers, and not only the providers, but the nurses as well as uh, the loved ones who live in a different state that want to see mom or dad in the whether it be in the hospital room or at their home. It's 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 key to mental health as well as uh, movement to uh, to that again different state of wellness. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, there's two things that come to mind first. There's just no way that healthcare will be markedly different than every other industry that's been transformed forever by empowering the consumers with technology and information. There just isn't. I mean, if banks are now an application on your phone and you rarely walk into the brick and mortar, like the hospitals and especially the urgency for understanding what's going on. Well, absolutely. I'm not saying hospitals will go away and they will become an application on your phone, but there are applications on your phone that will be integral to making that consumer, in this case, a patient, more than a passenger and an actual participant and a decision maker in the process of their care. And we urgently need the consumers of healthcare to take a more active role in that. If we're ever going to bend this cost cost curve to something that doesn't bankrupt our entire economy, it's going to require that kind of an engagement. So then the other thing that's on my mind about that is as a provider organization, stand on this, this idea that patients don't want to use technology. A, I just think you're, you're swimming up, upstream and against the tide so um, badly, it's going to be very right. hard. <laughs> but B, so you're telling me you're going you're gonna to plan your engagement strategy for um, only those people who will not be reached by technology? Well, 74% of Americans own smartphones today. They clearly want to be engaged with technology. You wouldn't spend what these smartphones cost if you didn't want a smartphone. Like there's there's still dumb phones you can carry around. And I know there's a lot of people that do. In fact, it's 26% of Americans have no phone or a dumb, dumb phone, not a smartphone. But my point is we are all voting with our actions and our dollars every day and smart technologies are what we're um, investing our time and our money in. And so Woe be unto the hospital that doesn't plan for a strategy to reach those people who want to be engaged in their own care, and they expect technology to be central to it. So you you can't just put your head in the ground in the sand and say, like, people don't want to use technology. No, people do want to use technology, and those that don't recognize that and innovate accordingly are going to be swept out to sea with, with especially what's coming here yeah. with the economy. I, I, I agree. I, I, as you know, I live in uh, Punta Gorda. And, you know, so it's a, a high senior citizen uh, population. And, you know, my mother-in-law is 84. She's on her smartphone and she's inter- interfacing with her doctors, uh, her banks, to your point. Right. It is it is a point of interface. People people are using it. It's not will, whether they will use it. They are using it. And it is has demonstrated to be the engagement points uh, in most c- scenarios. Right. The. I always say it's it's not what happens when you're in front of the doctor that's so important, while the hospital might be a different setting, uh, but it's what happens when you're not in front of the doctor, where whether or not you're going to achieve any degree of wellness. So if you can reach them, engage them, and and compel them to, to move, if you will, then you know, the healthcare system overall 
will be a better place because nothing will happen in healthcare unless the patient moves, decides to engage and change behavior. That's really the the crux of the state of the healthcare system, in yeah, my view. Well, so. well said. Well said. So uh, we have about a minute left. I'm, I'm going to give it to you. What, where do you where do you see 2023 going uh, from your perspective? Hmm. Well, um, hopefully we will be able to turn the page on this pandemic um, once and for all. Um, I know that there are many people still struggling, and nurses and doctors and hospitals who care for um, patients are. It's um, still exists in some corners, and I I, um, I hope that we can finally move beyond that. I really see that 23 is a is a year when further application of the lessons that we learned about telehealth and virtual engagement kind of tools uh, are applied. Look, let's not kid ourselves. There's some serious financial wins uh, that we're heading into, and that it is not going to be comfortable for a while and hospital revenues are struggling um, significantly through this. So it's not going to be easy, but there's no question that technology has been shown to be an efficiency lever that, I'm not saying that all technologies are are worth every dime um, that's put into them, but there's just no way that technology to solve, uh, to increase efficiency for the care team won't be an important tool for hospitals to navigate this coming financial headwind that we're already in. And it, and from what I read, it's only going to be getting worse for quite some time. So that's what's on my mind. Just, you know, there's hard financial times here already for hospital revenues. And we're excited about how hospitals are recognizing the efficiency benefits in addition to the patient satisfaction, just kind of the logicalness of this whole idea that we're bringing to them, but the the investment that they're making in the efficiency of the organization, even in the face of these financial headwinds, is is really inspiring and humbling. And we're we're just honored to be chosen by these hospital systems to um, help them navigate all that they're working on right now. We're gonna have to leave it there, Jeff. I appreciate your time, your insights. And the, and the great work that uh, the Avivion uh, team is doing. And I hope uh, you have nothing but a uh, happy and uh, uh, pleasant holiday season and a, and a good 2023. Thank you so much, Tom. It's been great chatting with you. I want to thank the show sponsors. HP, HP Engage Long Life Cycle Products provides the stability, safety, and security you need, plus flexibility and performance designed for today and tomorrow. As well, GenieMD providing a modular, scalable, and customizable virtual care platform and clinical services to help providers extend care into the home, increasing access and quality while driving new revenue opportunities. If you missed part of today's episode, you can tune in at the same time, 11 a.m. or 7 p.m. Eastern, throughout the week, and be sure to check out the program page on healthcarenowradio.com. And remember, connect or follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, at FoleyTom, And follow the show's hashtag, The Virtual Ship. I'm Tom Foley. Until the next ship. 